on the move. Little dance step was good. Couple of bounces. Can take it himself. And launch long. Inspirational. Time ticking away. Stop it. Silvani! What about that? Mackay, Mackay! Two in a minute. And they are dancing now, the Blues. Almost Mackay. Walsh, here he is. Straightens up and has delivered. Is there nothing this young man can't do? Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian, joined as always by my good mate, Lockie. And, mate, the trade period has begun. We are in yeah, yeah. day one. Lockie, how are you feeling and what have you made of it all so far? Uh, we, As we always say, it's normally our favorite time of year. This year, mm. not as excited yeah. as I have been in the past, but I think that's a good sign. It probably is. It means that we're doing a little bit better, but it is an interesting one. We're not as big of, of players that we kind of have been in years past, which maybe makes this trade period a little boring for some as it looks like we may only have one inclusion at this stage. But weirdly, it's been nice to watch everything else unfold for all these other teams, whether it be positive or negative, and just kind of sit back and go, yep, cool, we're getting our business done, and and this is all nice. But look, Mm. this is going to be a massive, action-packed episode. We've got plenty to talk about, plenty happening in the news today, talking about trades. But there's been a few things that have happened since we last spoke, Lockie, that I think we need to cover. And the biggest one is a certain Carlton man may have won the bloody Brownlow medal in Paddy Cripps. Like, did you give much of a chance for Cripper, be honest, uh, before the night started? Before the night started, I, I felt a sneaky suspicion about it. Yeah. As soon as he got that one vote in round one, mm. I was like, that's it. Chez has absolutely done him here. There's no hope. How can he recover from that? Mm. So it was just incredible. Yeah, oh, I was the exact same. As soon as that one vote was read out, I went, oh, well, there's there's any chance of a Cripper winning the Brownlow gone out the window. Almost turned it off because I was like, what's the point in watching this? But <laughs> stuck stuck into it. And yeah, it was really... When he got the three votes against Adelaide, that's when I started believing, yeah. thinking like he had a good game, got 40 touches, but they dismounted us. So I didn't think he'd even get a vote, maybe get the one. That's when I was like, oh yeah. my God, he's going to do this. And it was unbelievable. Big congrats to Paddy Cripps. Um, yeah, I guess what was your reaction when his name got read oh. out? Because one of the greatest sort of cinematic, he couldn't script it better coming down to oh. the last vote in the last game. It was unbelievable scenes. Well, that's what I was just going to say. I mean, it's it's a good thing for footy to have a good close count like that again. Mm. Um, yeah. Because I bloody love Brownlow Knight, whether we've got someone competing or not. So it's great when it goes down to the wire like that. But I mean, uh, and this will kind of go into our, our next kind of topic as well. There's, this man just deserves the world. Yeah. Like, my God, he deserved to have a Brownlow on his resume. And and now he, he just needs that premiership on his resume too. Mm, that was probably the nice thing to see that, he was obviously happy, very happy to win the Brownlow, but you could just sense it in him and even kind of alluded to it going, this is fine, but it's the premiership medal that I want. And uh, yeah. everything that keeps coming out of this club postseason is giving me a bit of hope and a bit of optimism towards that. And look, it wasn't the only medal that was around that man's neck. He also yep. took out John Nichols medal for his fourth John Nichols medal, which is just insane. Lockie, you attended. How was mm. the evening? 
Oh, so blessed to be able to attend and such a fantastic evening. I think like you said about the optimism, it's uh, that was one of the most pleasing things for me. A really good balance of kind of the optimism and positivity about mm. how good the season was balanced with the disappointment of obviously yeah. how it ended. There wasn't anyone that I felt, uh, you know, that spoke that was going too far in either direction, yeah. um, which was fantastic. And then again, the count was great. There was a little bit, I, I felt like a bit of a sigh almost in the room when they announced that Doc came second because Doc was leading the whole count and it was like, imagine if Doc got up and got the John Nichols medal oh. from Cripper here. And he was so close in the end, but obviously Cripper deserved it. Yeah, oh, it would have been another magical moment and you could kind of sense that a little bit from social media and on the stream where everyone was definitely going, look, you've won the Brown though. Don't worry about this John Nichols medal. Let's give this oh. one to Doc, like another thing to celebrate from another terrific season. But I think you sort of nailed it. Like the speeches from Says and then particularly Voss, I don't know what it was like in the room, but just watching it, it got me up and about and got me very excited for the season. Just the yeah. the line at the end that I've got to paraphrase and probably get wrong, but it was, you know, let's get better. You know, let's work together and, and work hard in getting better. And I just liked that kind of phrase that he was using there because that's it. Like it's not yeah. just going to happen for us as much as we think that there's going to be that natural evolution that happens next year, bring in a couple of draft kids from the draft, bring in a Blake Akers, who who knows what else in the draft, in the trade period. But you do this and we're just going to make finals next year. And the, it's just not going to happen like that. Other teams are going to improve that missed out on finals. It's going to yep. be tough. So I liked everything I heard from him. Very inspiring. What was it like being in the room? Totally. Yeah, let's get busy getting better. I think it was. That's the one. And I agree. I, the it, one. Gave, it gave me a little bit of a chill. And it's just, I just think the messaging is all really on point at the moment. And I guess a, a thing that I was reflecting on on the night was, and I, I commented on this a few times. This was the first time that I've been to the John Nichols medal. I could not imagine what it would have been like going to this thing in like 2019, 2018. Mm. And oh, I'm not trying to give him a, a drive by on here right now, but just watch, watching Vossi up there, he, he's just such a, a great natural leader, I think, and and mm. so inspiring with the way that he speaks. I just couldn't imagine seeing that from one of our the last few coaches that we've had. Mm. It just feels like such a galvanized group at the moment and all the right people are in the right places, I think. Mm. No, I think you've nailed that 100%. And look, there's there has been some other news that's hit today. I actually had some Harry Mackay chat going to happen in this episode <laughs> regardless. But the theme of it has changed quite a lot from what I originally wrote on this run sheet because Harry Mackay has extended yeah. his contract for seven years, taking him to 2030, which just seems almost unthinkable to even think about 2030 right now. Mm. Lockie, how did you react to the news and what do you make of the long-term deal? Oh, we'll be celebrating our 10-year anniversary by that time, Oof. which seems pretty crazy to think about. Um, yeah, we texted a bit with Baz back and forth this morning about it. For me, I'm I'm pretty positive on all aspects yeah. of it. I think it's kind of just the cost of, of doing things with players that have won a Coleman mm. medal in the last two years yeah. at the moment. Um, and yeah, I think like I kind of said, if if I if I knew that he was leaving and the reason why was because we weren't willing to give him that really long term commitment that he was after, then that would be a catastrophe oh. to me so even mm. if he's 
absolutely no good in 2030, I think it's still going to pay dividends um, for the majority of the time, you'd hope. Mm. Yeah, the long longer deals seem to be in vogue at the moment. You see what Richmond are doing with their two new recruits coming in, going to be on those long-term deals. And obviously, I'm 100% excited for us to now lock down our core. If you look at this group, they're all locked down yeah. for the long term, which is exactly what you want. You don't have to now worry too much about will they go into free agency because if something happens and one of these players want out, we're going to get value in return because of these, the, the, just the contract and the salary that these guys Spot are on. on. And so it's definitely a positive for this to have these guys locked in. But probably the negative is just probably the risk in that long-term deal, which I know someone yeah. like a Kane Corns goes on about quite a bit. And surprisingly on this long contract, I kind of agree with him a little bit. Like it is quite a risk. Um, just because you don't know what's going to happen between now and 2030. It's a long time in, in the future. There yep. could be injuries. Like the worst things could possibly happen. And then you kind of set yourself up with a lot of money on this player where you get to 2028 20, and we need to revitalize the list. We need to bring in a few people. And maybe you can't do that because of the contracts we currently have. But ultimately, yep. I kind of agree with you in that point where if it's between him leaving and an extra one or two years that ends up evening this sort of big money contract out a little bit nicer for our salary cap than having to pay millions and millions of dollars in a shorter period of time. I think you just have to mm. take that and you deal with it when you get to it. There's always ways you can maneuver out of deals. You've got the um, like the new CBA will come into effect where the, the, the salary cap will increase at some stage. So who knows? Maybe this will end up being a bit of a bargain. Mm. Oh, I really agree with everything you say. Maybe we haven't seen it enough kind of in the AFL yet. But if I think about kind of other sports and yeah. uh, in the US particularly, and you see these players go on deals and after a few years, they look absolutely horrible. It's like, mm. wow, this contract's so bad. They're untradeable. Everyone mm. is tradable for a price and there's always different yeah. ways that you can maneuver. And like maybe we'll talk about a bit later in the episode as well, it, there's hope that maybe the AFL will start including different ways to kind of yeah. maneuver contracts and trade and free agency and that kind of thing. So as we you know evolve, maybe in seven years, there'll be you know other different things you can do mm. to make contracts not look so bad if that is to happen. Mm. Yeah, and, and it's, a, it's a tough thing because without us having success so far, it's, it's hard to really turn to a Harry Mackay and say, He's a four-year deal on That's like it. okay money. He's like, well, I'm exactly. getting offered so much money here. You have to come to the table a little bit. It's not like we're a Geelong type where they've had the success. People are willing to take that little bit less years and contract. Sometimes you have to go the tiniest bit more. But even then, I, I don't think the numbers that get thrown around are close to what's happening. And now we've got you know Walsh and you can throw Zach Williams into it as well into 2026. Cripper 27, Charlie 2029, 20, and Harry Mackay 2030. That is a yep. beautiful, beautiful contracts that we have there for us. Um, anything else yep. you want to touch on that at all? No, it's great for me. I'm just going to back him in and and we're going to look at this in seven years and be like, give him another seven. <laughs> 100%. It's nice not to now stress for the next 12 months. Is he going to go as a free agent? doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. He's knocked it all back. He's with us. Um, another bit of news. I know it feels like there's so much news before we get into the trades, but mm. we've also lost uh, a VFL head coach um, in Daniel O'Keefe. He oh, stepped yeah. away from the role. 
to focus a bit on his family, which is absolutely fair enough. It's a hard caper in the AFL. Um, it's a lot of time and energy. Anyone that you'd like us to to maybe target for this role or if we talk about the coaches for a little bit, are there any sort of assistant coaches around there or anyone that you think could maybe fill a role for us that you want to see as target? I genuinely have not put any thought to this one, mate. So I'm keen to hear your perspective. Um, Hit me with it. Okay. Well, mate, I've got it sewn up perfectly who it should be. I don't know if you'll come over to us, but... It's the reason I write these run sheets. I've got it all sorted for myself. I make <laughs> yeah, myself sound a lot better than I am. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's like the uh, the guy from Essendon making his own review and then making himself the CEO. It's just how you do things. Um, but basically, the guy I have targeted is Jason Davenport. Uh, we did have him oh, yeah. as a development coach a couple of years ago. I don't even know if he got a year in before COVID hit. There were COVID cuts, and we ended up parting ways, unfortunately, so I don't know if there's going to be any hard feelings there, whether he might say no to it. But currently, he's the head coach of the Oakley Chargers in the NAB League, and he's also the head coach of Vic Metro. So he knows yeah. how to develop talent. He's one of the key figures in the game at the moment at sort of nurturing these guys in the under-18 competitions. So I feel like he's potentially one of the best guys to look towards um, yeah. to help foster the development of the guys that aren't in our ones, basically. Um, and I think that's the kind of profile that we probably should be looking for for me. Get the best. Mate, you, gee, you've, you've sold me. It sounds like someone pitching internally whether we should go after <laughs> him or not. So throw the house at him. I like that. And basically, as far as um, assistant coaches, this guy's been thrown around a little bit in some murmurs going around. I think every single club in the AFL will be targeting him, though. Is Joel Selwood recently retired? Uh, (laughs) What would your thoughts be if we ended up targeting him for any of the coaching roles available in the club? Yeah, I mean, big yes, I think. Well, I mean, it's the thing that we always talk about in terms of getting that kind of player that's been there and understands yeah. what a good culture and atmosphere looks like. It's one of the reasons we love getting Vossi in. Um, so getting someone that had the premiership medal around their neck two weeks ago, mm. seems right to me. Mm. 100% that leadership, knowing how to win. Probably the bigger thing that if you're looking at maybe a negative on the coaching group at the moment, the only thing would be like, do we have someone that is really recent out of the game? Like you got uh-huh. Vossi, You've got, you know, Aaron Hamill, Lockie Hunter, these kind of guys. It's been Hansen. a while since they Ash Hansen, sorry, not Lockie Hunter. My goodness. Um, <laughs> I'm reading the run sheet for later. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we've got these guys that played a few years ago. We haven't really got anyone super recent out of the game. And obviously the experience is fine and we like the coaches we have, but sometimes there's those little things that you can get from guys that have just played that know exactly how things are going that maybe yeah, like we are that. slightly missing at this stage. doesn't seem like we often go for the, that kind of, I guess, coach or assistant coach. Um, but I would absolutely bite the hand off for a Joel Salwood. The only other one that I've seen mm. someone throw around that I'd just love to get your thoughts on mm. is someone like a Robbie Gray to help the small sort of forwards. Is that something you'd maybe look at? Well, you make a good point that I actually hadn't considered. Like, What's the precedent for the last time we brought in a player like that? Someone, oh, sorry, a coach that was very recently in the league. No one, no one comes to mind. 
might have been Stanton, maybe, was the last one. And that oh yeah. Do too well. And that was and that was some time ago still. So um yeah, I kind of put I guess I put him a little bit in the same category as Selwood, but yeah, if it was something very specific for forwards. I don't mm. I mean, look, if the if we're willing to pay a whole bunch of different people to come in and do different roles and and you know, make it yeah, like mm. that sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind it. It's a very interesting one. I just thought I'd throw that one out there. And yeah, it's good. Now we'll kind of get into trades and talking a little bit about maybe non-Carlton related, but it all relates to trades. And I just love to get your thoughts because this may be something, mm. if all goes poorly with these long-term deals, maybe we might have to do one of these salary dumps. And I'd just like to get your thoughts on how everything is going on in the AFL at the moment, particularly maybe around this sort of Gold Coast, Jack Bowes and, and the pick seven to free up cap space. Like, mm. I don't hate it. And it's probably time for us to delve into these salary dumps like they do in other sports. But I'd just love to maybe get your thoughts on how these things will play out in the AFL going forward. Yeah. Interesting. I'm keen to hear a lot of, uh, you know, I'm keen to hear other people's perspectives on it as it becomes kind of, yeah, more in the in the common debate mm. and, and that kind of thing. I always think about it in terms of the NBA, and I know you do it with, yeah. with NFL. There's just such a lack of transparency with, I guess, the media and the public in the AFL about like what, what players are actually making and what yeah. the books actually look like. So in kind of the NBA sphere, it's all very clear who's making what, and that's kind of brought into the asset of the player. Mm. It's a, it's a bit different here, where you know you have a, a, a you know you could say Zach Williams for instance, and it isn't super clear what he's on each year, mm. and so yeah. it's hard for it's hard for people to kind of hypothesize around. Oh well, what's he worth to a team? Would you need to do you need to dump that salary for Carlton to get this player? Oh well, we couldn't go after him because we've got Williams on the list. Mm. It's hard to kind of have those kind of debates in the AFL, whereas I actually like that being a part of sport yeah. myself. So I'm pro this being a thing, but I think it would require some change for it to become widely accepted is kind of yeah. my take at the moment. What about you? No, I probably I probably tend to agree. Like I, I like the idea of it because it, you know, if a team ends up managing their salary cap so poorly that they're like, holy shit, we have no money. We need to get guys in. This guy's okay, but the opportunity cost of getting rid of him and clearing that salary cap is too good to refuse, and so we'll give yep. away a high draft pick. I think the issue that I'm starting to see is, and maybe this is just around the rules, but it looks like, say, if a Geelong picks him up, they're then able to spread this contract out if they renegotiate with him, which hmm. I don't love the idea of. I feel like if you take that contract, you should have to honor it. You shouldn't just be able to like accept it and then kind of change it a little bit because... Mm. surely like Gold Coast theoretically could do that, but he wouldn't be willing to do that because they initially offered it to him. And if he goes to a better team, he's happy. Like, I don't like that aspect. No, of it. neither. It kind of waters down the whole, no, you're taking that contract and you can't touch it kind of thing. But I don't know. That's probably my take, but I like the idea and it'll be interesting yeah. to see how it plays out. I kind of wish we had a bit more salary cap to be like, screw it. Give me pick seven, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I think we completely agree. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm for more maneuverability and more cheeky ways to make things happen, and I guess the flexibility for clubs. Mm. So, 
uh, I'm excited to see more of this stuff happen. I think, yeah. but it'll be it'll be interesting to see what kind of Preston gets set. I guess with bows, it, it was funny hearing yeah. some people talk, like clubs talking about how how much he'd fit into their system and how this and that. It's like, mate, if there was no pick seven, are you really that keen? <laughs> It'll suit the VFL establishment perfectly. Pick seven comes straight in. Exactly. Um, exactly. Do have another thing I want to touch on, but I'm going to save it. I reckon we jump straight into some actual trade talk and then cool. we'll jump back to this because um, it's been a while and we may as well get straight into this. I'm going to give you a bunch of players, a little bit of quick fire that All right. either have been kind of linked um, or just available and out there and maybe Carlton people have linked ourselves or guys I just think maybe might <laughs> fit. Bunch of players available on the trade table. Yes or no, give me a bit about them. We will start with the man okay. I accidentally name-dropped earlier in the show. <laughs> Ash Hansen. It's Ash Hansen himself. No, Lockie Hunter. <laughs> um he will be a twenty. He will be a restricted free agent in twenty twenty four. He's twenty seven at the moment. Will be twenty eight mm. by season start. Lockie, what are your thoughts? I just get a bit of a bad feeling about him, for whatever reason. Mm. Um, it's an interesting list of players that we're going to go through here. I don't want anyone to expect too much, like you know, players propelling <laughs> us into Premiership contention. Oh, yeah. But Hunter, Hunter is decent. I just get a bit of a bad feeling, so I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm the same. I worry with his st- stats are sort of trending down a little bit. There's the off-field yeah. stuff. It's probably, the again, the salary that he's going to cost, what we may have to trade for him. Yeah. I feel like there's better options out there. I'd rather attack the draft than someone like him. It's someone that, like, I kind of agree with you. There's just this, I feel like if we get him, it's just going to turn bad for whatever reason. Yeah, no, I'm not feeling it. Easy. Next one is delisted Geelong Cat player Quinton Narkle. 24, will be 25 by season start. What are your thoughts? He's very available. Yeah, there's one that I am feeling. When I'm thinking about these players, I'm kind of just thinking about, well, it's it's looking like Dow is probably on the way out. So it's yeah, and, and as I said, looking at this list, it's not necessarily players that I think are gonna be walk up best twenty two players. Yeah. It's just who do I think maybe there's an opportunity either for them to improve in a different situation mm. or someone a bit older for you know, that could just fill a bit of a role yeah. on the list. So for Narkel, I feel like a new situation might be there for him. He's exciting, mm. kind of you know, he's show, shown exciting things during his career. Yeah. Give him a crack. Hmm. Interesting. I disagree, honestly, um, which is mm-hmm. good. We can have a bit of disagreement. I just, I'm not convinced by him. He, if you asked me, God, what, two, three years ago, I would have been yep. like all in on Quinton Narkle. Like, give me this guy. I'm excited to see what he can do, but he'll be 25. He's meant to hit his peak and he really hasn't shown anything. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing that worries me is like, when's the last time Geelong gave away a player, and they ended up being really, really good. Yep. That's a good like point. I, like Billy Smets, um, Darcy Lang, like how many of these guys Brady. do I have to reel off before? Like none of them have come on for us. This doesn't mean that Quinton Narkle is a, a bad player. Um, there's obviously yep. some talent there. He's had some injury issues, but I just, like a Lockie Hunter, I just get worried that this just isn't going to work out. And... Yeah, I, I don't mind like your depth play. Like he'd be on no money. Is it worth a yeah. crack? Maybe worth a list spot, but I don't know. I'm just not 100% convinced and I feel like we can maybe target someone else instead. 
Yeah, no, that's fair. The, I, I agree. But the, the two rebuttals I'd probably hit you with are, and a weird thing thinking about these players, Will Brody has set a bit of a, a different yeah. precedent in my mind of where it's like, just because someone isn't getting a go, that doesn't yeah. mean everything. And 100%. then secondly, if there's any team that is getting rid of a player that I would be okay to have a crack at, it would be them. Whereas if it's someone like North, mm. someone's not getting a crack at North at all, yeah. it's like, wow. Well, what can you really do there? Mm. But I agree. It'd be good if he had had shown a bit more, but there's just mm. something about him that I think would be an exciting pickup. He's not called Sparkle Narkle for nothing. So maybe there is something there. Uh, the next one is another delisted slash retired <laughs> slash I'll be retired unless someone offers me a contract. It is Mitch Robinson, former Carlton player himself, 33 years old. Do you want him back? <laughs> it's... I might change my opinion on this in the next couple of days, but I would give him a year. Oh, another one we're going to disagree on. Why would you I thought, give I didn't, him a year, I didn't think I didn't think you would be giving him a year either. I just think, I think it would be a very low risk thing to do. And again, like, like we're mm. saying, I think Blake Akers is going to happen. There is no chance that yes. we're getting three or four other players through the door. Mm. It's likely that maybe maybe one or two players. I think may, potentially he can just bring something back from Brisbane. I like the story mm. of him coming back to Carlton. Kind of like, you know, what, what Eddie Betts did. Mm. I know he's mature. I'm not saying that he's starting on that wing. Mm. But just having him on the list for a year, I can see the benefits to that. Uh, I get it to a degree. Just not sure the player's still there. Another one that's probably trended downwards again. 33, but I don't know. For me, probably just doesn't have that experience that I'm looking for from someone that age that I would look to bring in. We've often talked about these on-field leaders and things like that. Personality-wise, I'm not sure he is that leader. Hasn't Mm -hmm. really won anything, even though he's gone to Brisbane. I just... Again, I just feel like there would be a better alternative to him, whether that be someone younger and hungrier. Like he'd only what be on the list for like a year. I just don't think yep. he's going to offer enough to really be worthy of that list spot. I weirdly, if I'm going to be really negative on him here, I'd yeah. rather us keep Jack Nunes for a year than have Mitch Robinson be brought in. Yep, fair enough. Mm. Um, again, I'm thinking of my rebuttals after I make my first few <laughs> statements. But the thing that I think about is, I guess I've referenced it a few times over the years in this pod, a reason that we love Stocker is the grunt that he brought. Yeah. And we say, we haven't had a player like this since Mitch Robinson. And yeah. so I just feel like even if he's not going playing, mm. you know, many games at all, I just like the idea of having someone with that kind of passion around the club. But to your no. point, I would I think Nunes right now is a mm. better player than him. Yeah. So if it's just about winning games, it would mm. probably be Nunes. No, I don't mind the take, and, and I think fairy tale story would be nice. Uh, but I'm I'll probably for that. I'm I'm happy to pass for now. Uh, next yeah. one is Jack Graham, who's kind of been linked to Port Adelaide a little bit. He toured their facilities. He turned it down. Who knows what's going on with this guy? Whether he's available yeah. or not. We'll be 24. We were linked with him a couple years ago. He'll be out of contract the end of next year. Would you take Jack Graham? I would take Jack Graham. 
my point with all, all four players that we've looked at so far, I'm not. I don't want anyone to think I'm jumping over the moon like so stoked to get any of these guys. Yeah. Um, I I definitely think he's uh, you know got more footy wise yes. than Robbo or or Narkle. So I'd be happy to look at him. But you're right, God, it seems like a weird situation. This whole Port thing and whether he actually mm. wants to leave or not under contract, mm. right? Yeah. He's out of contract at the end of next season, so he's one of those kind of, yep. even though he won't be a free agent, he's kind of like that pre-agent thing where if they're going to maximize value, this would be the year. Makes sense. Um, yeah. I, I, As far as quality of a player, if you could bring him in, you wouldn't really want to turn that down. The only issue I probably have with a Jack Graham is if you're looking at our midfield mix, is he truly what we need? And I think that's where I'm kind of looking yep. with most of this. Is he much different to a Kennedy, a Hewitt, a Cripper, like those inside kind of midfielders? Yeah, he's a really good two-way runner. He has really good leadership. They keep touting him as a future captain. And I think he's mm. better than a few players we have adds to our midfield depth. But I think we need speed. We need burst. I don't know whether he has that. And I would hate for us to say pick him up and then that mean someone else doesn't get an opportunity in this team that I, I think maybe works a little bit better with the system that we're trying to play at the moment. But I guess going back to it, he is better than some of the plays we have and would be a decent uh, sort of depth play. But yeah, I don't know if he'd go. And it, sorry, again, another one. What are we giving up to get Jack Graham? It'd be totally. probably more than a second rounder, whether that, I don't think that. I don't think it'd be a first, but it'd be more picks than a second rounder. I feel like I'd rather hit the draft this year. I'm not saying that this would happen, but say mm. in a hypothetical world it could. Would you take him in place of Setterfield? Oh, yes, 100%. And that's that's where I think it's not a bad option to have another guy that can go through there. But again, it's another one of those kind of opportunity costs of, well, what are you giving up? And Definitely. what else does that mean for the list? Does this mean if our first round draft pick that we hope to kind of come in and fix some of the issues doesn't then get as much development. I don't know, but yeah, also totally. you've got a set of field and a Dow on the outer. If we lose a couple of those, you start to go, well, who's next in? And that maybe is exactly. where we need a guy like him to come in. Yeah, precisely. I agree with you. Uh, big one, Brody Grundy. <laughs> you go first. I'd take him in a heartbeat if I could just bring the player into the club. Again, like what would we have to give up like draft capital wise to bring yeah. him over the line? I think it's too much. Also, don't think we can fit his salary in the way it is, but uh, he's 100% exactly what I wish we could be targeting and bring in. We're like that Ruckman away from having the best midfield group in the in the competition. It's where like better visibility for fans like us over things like salary cap would make this an easier mm. thing for me because you're right. Like it, well, the sentiment in the media is that there's no way that we could make it happen. Is that, yeah. is that how they feel internally? I don't really know. Mm. It's so hard going, if he was to come in, what would that mean for our two current Ruckman? Um, I don't care. <laughs> but that's how you get I'll better. be honest. I, I, you bring in the second best ruckman in the competition. I, I, yeah. If it was just as simple as he's a free agent and you could bring him in, 
oh, he's coming in, and I don't care if Pitt and TDK get no games for the rest of their careers if we've got Grundy running. <laughs> like, it's being as harsh as possible. I want to win premierships, and yeah. I want the best possible, and he is that. But again, I just don't think it'll be super realistic given what we currently have. Yeah, can't see it happening. Uh, another Ruckman, we're going this time with a Fremantle player, Lloyd Meek, who... Looks like he may go to Hawthorne at this stage. A lot of teams have been inquiring about him. He's 24, adds a bit of ruck depth, wants a bit more opportunity. Is he someone that you wish we were maybe targeting? I mean, a, a lot of these characters, uh, characters, a lot of these players are going to uh, fall under kind of a similar bracket, I feel, where it's like they're young, have shown a bit. They're not really in like the Melbourne sphere of things on like a mm. kind of like an outer team yeah. and if it's a so if they fit that mold and then they're a position that we i feel like we lack depth they're basically mm. a yes for me yeah so because he ticks those boxes yes do i know everything about lloyd <laughs> no but if he's a, a youngish um ruckman mm. that could fill that depth um chart then i'm happy yeah like oh, i don't know the greatest amount about him but I don't think he's going to be someone that comes in and is your automatic first starter will become the club's best Ruckman. I think he's a bit more of a depth play for a lot of clubs or whether he ends up being a little bit like what Pitternet is. And who knows, there's still a bit of potential for Pitnet to really become the number one. But yeah, with a Lloyd and knowing our deficiencies are Ruck and Ruck depth, it surprised me that we weren't even linked to him knowing that I kind of expected us to almost be linked to every Ruckman that was potentially moving somewhere else because it just kind of makes sense when you look at the list. It's one of our biggest needs. But yeah. maybe we're looking for a veteran and that's just where he doesn't fit in. Because if he's, I guess, trying to sell it from his point of view, if he's trying to come in and he wants more time because he's going to be behind Jackson and Darcy. Yeah. Well, is he in front of Deconing or Pitonet? He's probably not. He's again fighting it out with a <laughs> no. few of them. So probably from his point of view, it just hasn't progressed. But I feel like you're not giving up a lot for a Lloyd Meek, and we definitely need some ruck depth. So I, I'd take him if I can. Yeah. And I don't think you're giving much up for him. Yep. Yeah, no, I agree with everything you say, mate. Easy. Another one that has he hasn't really been linked to anyone, but there's been little whispers here and there, mm. and that is James Harms. He's 26, will be 27. He'll be a restricted free agent in 2024. What would you make of bringing over James Harms from Melbourne? Yeah, again, I, I'm not taking into account what we'd, what we'd be giving up, how much salary he's making, etc. Yeah, I would like to have him at the club, I think. I mm. think he makes our list better. Um, I mean, yeah, is he the exact type of player? Probably not but yeah. he's a quality premiership player. Mm. Um, I think that would be a win for us personally. Mm. It's an interesting one. It's very similar to probably yeah, Jack Graham for me, but I'd probably have Jack Graham a little bit above him, particularly because you you've would? got age. And I think he's a little bit more versatile with his forward craft that we saw early on in his career. Um, yeah. So I, I'd personally take Graham over Harms. And like, again, so it's pretty much the same argument for me. What are you giving up? How much are you paying? He adds to your to your midfield depth, but he's probably not the right player, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. 
Who would you take out of the two? Oh, well, I feel maybe I feel like I just know Harms as a player better. Mm. Um, That's fair. And feel like he always plays bloody well against us, which is always the, <laughs> the annoying sign for a player. I guess I'd always be on the with these two. Mm. That's fine. We'll, we'll jump to the next one who has been linked to Carlton, but Nick Austin said a big no to that today. And that is Fisher Mackesy uh, oh. from Adelaide, the 21 year old. Forget about what Nick Austin's talking about. If you were Nick Austin, is he huh. someone that you'd like us to target? <laughs> I feel like he kind of fits my uh, Lloyd Meek mold. So there yeah. isn't enough. There isn't enough there for me to give a defiant no, I suppose. Mm. But what was um, what was Austin's reasoning? I don't think he really had anything. I think he just said, he "Just said it's not happening." He sort of said he's someone that we did a lot of put a lot of work into, um, sort of look looking at him, but we're just not going to be pursuing that in the draw in the trade period. Is cool. pretty much all he said, which I kind of agree with. I, I did a little bit of digging into him and. Mm. Again, for the reasons you're kind of alluding to, okay, we need a bit of depth there. He's young. He can go forward as well, along with the key defensive stuff. Was an early yeah. draft pick. I think he was like pick six or something. Yep. So there's those sort of positive attributes for him, but hasn't really got a look in since his first year at Adelaide. Last two years haven't been good for him. And no offense to him, but if he's not breaking into Adelaide's team, is he going to be the best for us? I know we had like a Lewis Young, but at least he played a fair bit in the Doggies team and they were a lot better of a, a football team. I'm not yeah. riding off Fisher, but again, surely there's someone else better out there that you're looking at. But, you know, if you're giving away yeah. a fifth rounder, it's better than nothing, I suppose. It's so annoying because as I was reading up on him, I was thinking the same as you. And I'm like, what is there really here to say that he would, that, you know, he's going to break through a different club. Yeah. And I just keep going back to this damn Will Brody. And I'm just like, <laughs> I know I know that he is the outlier and not every player this is going to happen. But my mm. God, he got absolutely no crack at the worst yeah. team of the last 10 mm. years. And look at him now. So it's like, well, yeah, yeah you, you couldn't get in over Tex Walker, but no one was, you know, you know, and yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm giving everyone hope, basically, at this point. <laughs> You're very sure, positive. I like it. And I'm ready for you to absolutely give this guy nothing. Um, it is <laughs> Geelong Cat uh, Isava Radigalia, um, signed until 2023. So he'll be out of contract next year. He's 24. He fits your bill of being that kind of key forward ruckman that can almost fill the Levi Casbolt-shaped hole that we have not really filled since his departure is he someone that you'd like to look at well mate the other reason for my optimism is that when we bloody i don't know who's a player <laughs> here uh when james harms comes over next week and then you've bad mouthed him <laughs> what do we where do we stand where well, do we this stand podcast that? gets taken down and i'll uh <laughs> say that i've loved him forever exactly so i'm just uh you know i'm balancing that up here mm. But again, I feel like the trade-offs are pretty low with a lot of these players. Mm. I have a feeling you're not going to like Radigalia. But again, I feel like he just kind of fits the yeah. the categories. Mm. No. I, I'm not saying give him a million dollars a year and, and trade two first-round picks for him. But if we can get him across for, for cheap and give him mm. a crack, why not? I weirdly kind of agree with you on this one, and I didn't think I would. I, Interesting. I don't know what to make of this man. He's kind of an enigma to me because every time I see him play, 
I kind of go, how are you on an AFL list? I don't feel like I've ever seen a good game from him, to be perfectly honest. And I just get flashbacks to the game that we beat them down at the Cattery where the ball was definitely going in for a goal. Um, and oh. he was on the goal line for Geelong, for his own team. And he spoiled it back that. into play. And I was like, what on earth are you doing? Um, but he fits He fits a need. He fits that key forward depth that currently behind Harry and Charlie, it's like De Koning and then like maybe Brody Kemp or Jack Silvani. There's no one exactly. there. He adds to a bit of ruck depth, being able to pinch it in there. He ticks the boxes there. Wouldn't cost a lot of money. Wouldn't cost much draft capital. I sure. don't hate it. I honestly don't hate it as someone you could give a couple of years. I remember thinking the same for like a, a magic door type a couple of years ago was a big man that can kind mm. of just be there for two years and see if anyone overtakes him. If not bin him off, I don't hate going <laughs> after him for a, for a third round pick, to be honest. Bin him off. Yeah. I agree. I could see it weirdly. Mm. Now, this is a man that um, big-time listener, Paul Barbaza, big buzz. <laughs> My goodness, buzz. I don't know where that came from. Big Baz has been hyping this man up in our uh, DMs. It is Hunter Clark from St. Kilda, out of contract in 2023. Would you take him? I'd take him. Let's have a bit of, look, a, bit of a look at what uh, what Baz's reasoning was. Um, but again, yeah, I mean, he's a young player. Um, I was reading that he was looking for potentially different kind of opportunities to where he's yeah. been playing, which probably isn't going to mm. fit with what we're doing. Mm. Uh, but if he wants to do the role that he has been doing, then sure. Well, I kind of don't mind him as a potential wing option, to be honest. He's got that okay. kind of outside run to him being that sort of halfback I know he probably wants to be a bit more of a defender being linked to North Melbourne. I think they're having a big play for him. Yeah. If he wanted to come in on no money and be a bit of a role player for us, beautiful. I feel like St. Kilda would probably want a little bit more for him. Another sort of injury-prone player. But it's weird with his injuries because he's had just unlucky injuries. It's not been like hamstring, hamstring, hamstring. It's like, oh, he breaks his foot. He has like a wrist injury. It's like the weirdest injuries that have no correlation at all, but he just keeps getting them. He doesn't have have a lot of luck with it. Uh, But I don't mind bringing him in, but it's kind of, again, does he really feel a need for us? Like, do we need another halfback can maybe go in the midfield? Like I'd maybe have a Williams, you could throw Sard and Boyd into that conversation or Doherty if you really wanted to. I just... I feel like he's going to be behind too many people and it's just not the best use of our resources. Yeah, I do agree. Uh, uh, honestly, that feels like one of the least likely to me. I don't know. I just, I just yeah. don't. I just can't see that happening. Mm, fair enough. Next one is another player we've been linked to, but Nick Austin said today, I don't know where that link came from. We've never been interested in this man. And that mm. is Lachlan Scholl from Adelaide, a uh, 22-year-old winger. Fits a need. Lockie, would you take him? It's a great name, but he's a no from me. And I haven't really been yeah. that excited, even when those fake linkings, which yes. you, know, you, you always think that they're real. Uh, but it was kind of like, oh, I know I'm saying that every player is Will Brody and everyone's going to become a superstar with a bit of opportunity, but mm. I just don't really see it with him personally. 
Yeah, I I agree with you. He showed a little bit in his like first year, hasn't done a lot. And I'm looking at our list and I'm going, is he above O'Brien and Cottrell? No, not really. If anything's maybe on par with some of them, I just don't think it's an upgrade. I don't think it's the greatest depth move. Yeah, it's a no for me. Uh, next is uh, Richmond Youngster. He's 22 years old. Uh, out of contract, Riley Collier-Dawkins, one who has struggled to break into Richmond's midfield, which from that he's been linked a little bit. Apparently some Victorian clubs are sniffing around. Is he someone that you would mm. like to look into? Yeah, again, without taking into all the circumstances that, well, if he's out of contract and we can get him over for basically nothing, mm. then it sounds okay. But kind of similarly to Scholl, I I, I can't, I can't say I've ever watched him and thought, wow, I yeah. think there's a lot a lot here, personally. Mm. It's the same. And I know Richmond's a hard team to crack into, but yeah, what has he really done? Is he better than Dow and Setterfield? Maybe. I, yeah. I'm just not sure. I, I think if I'm looking at those last couple of midfield options, particularly looking at our picks in the draft, I think it's it's get a young kid in or go for a Graham or a James Harms. I, I don't think we should be looking around these almost kind of delistable players um, mm. that are really on the fringes. I, I think we need to be yeah. going for something with a bit more potential or that have kind of proven it at this stage. Um, however, next player is Gold Coast um, player. Plays a bit of midfield, plays a bit of wing. Jeremy Sharp, he has been linked to West Coast. He's a WA boy. Is he something mm. you'd want to look at, knowing that wing's a bit of uh, a position of need? I think I might have to handball this one and maybe a latter one to you because tell you what, my knowledge on Gold Coast players would be the lowest of anyone fair. Very in the fair. league, especially around the fringes. Um, what do you What do you think? Would you take Jez? I probably wouldn't. If you asked me this last year, I think I might have said yes. He had a really nice finish to the season last year and mm. then really hasn't backed that up this year. And I feel like he's another kind of locky shoal where I just don't think he has that ceiling. So I'd probably say no. Uh, next one, we'll kind of try to make maybe go a bit more quick fire with the last couple as they're not as big names. Another Gold Coast player, it's Josh Corbett. He's a, mm. key, he's a big, tall man. Um, out of contract, <laughs> 26. He's been linked with Essendon a little bit. Uh, what do you make of big Josh Corbett? I know less about the Corb man than I did about the Sharp man. <laughs> I'm putting That's my hand funny. up. That is fair. Well, look, he plays key forward, which is, again, another need for us. Kicked a fair chunk of goals, I believe, in the VFL this season for Gold Coast. Love that. Like, I'm, I'm looking for... Basically, a Levi Casbolt replacement because we don't have any depth. If he's willing to come in and play behind these guys for a couple of seasons as a breaking case of emergency, big tick for me. I don't think he's got the the ability to overpass anyone that we've currently got. And it's probably the hardest thing when we're looking at these depth options. Will anyone want to come to us? knowing that we've got two of the best key forwards in the competition because where's yeah. their opportunity? So I don't know if we'd go to us, but Precisely. if we could give up nothing for him, I'd probably take him for a year or two. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like your logic there. 
But yeah, I wouldn't be going too hard. Uh, another one is delisted player Tom Phillips. Uh, played for, I believe it was Collingwood and now Hawthorne, delisted, definitely available. Hard yeah. running winger. What do you reckon? Big no from me. Um, I have seen him play quite a number of times uh, for Hawthorne over these. Well, he didn't play as much this season, but last year as well. Oh, boy. I was not a big fan of what I saw. I know I said that I'm trying to be optimistic about players in case we sign them. Um, Maybe it's because he's an ex-pie, but uh, he's one that personally I'm not a fan of. Yeah, I agree. I don't want to chat too much about him. I would not touch him. I know a couple of people have brought him up because they they like his running ability. I I don't think he's got it, and I can't see him on an AFL list, to be honest, next year. Last one. He's not on the run sheet, but I thought about him the Uh other day. It's another Gold Coast player, so I know you love him, Lockie. <laughs> he seems to be the guy I bring Rankin. up every single year. It is he's a uh, he's a general forward, if you want to call him that position. Oh, can he's I say who it is? Unrestricted free agent in twenty twenty three. He's twenty eight. Will be twenty nine. It is, of course. He's your man. It's big sexo. It is. It is Alex Sexton. <laughs> would you take him, or would you say no? He's, he's toyed with our hearts for too many years, mate. Every year on the podcast, you're saying maybe, maybe, maybe. I'll let you, yeah. I'll let you take it home with, with Sexo. He's an interesting one. Is he great at football? I don't No, I don't think so. He doesn't seem to get so. a game for Gold Coast. But every time I see him play, he kicks goals, which is it's a weird thing that happens with this man. He fits that need that I kind of had in our last list analysis episode of that kind of mid-sized goal-kicking forward. He's not the pressure guy. He's there to take a mark and slot him. Ticks that box perfectly. He's a lot older than I thought he was, and that makes me nervous. Yeah. I don't, I'd probably say no, but I thought I'd bring him in knowing he's a, he's a podcast favorite. He is. But surely you'd have him below Martin and Cunningham on yes. your chart. Yes, even Honey, he's behind all of those guys, so which go. is kind of yeah. why I'm like, is there a point? Surely there's someone else we could find that ticks that box a yeah. little nicer. Yeah, a few years ago, it felt a bit more exciting. Mm, I agree. So there's all of the players that I've we've kind of gone through Ooh. that maybe been linked. Let's go Carlton players. Now, who from our current list do you reckon could we use as some trade bait? Because today it's been... Couple of things said by Nick Austin. He said that look, Dow is pretty much on the trade table. We're happy yep. to keep him. He's contracted. He's a required player, which they love to throw around. Oh, don't um, but we're happy for him to explore his options. Same kind of with Setterfield. We haven't really tabled an offer. We're kind of happy to keep him. But again, he's he's able to explore his options. What do you make of those two players? Would you look to trade them? Would you look to keep them? And then what is their value if we did look to trade them? Yeah. Well, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? Everyone, like, yeah. I'd be willing to part with with a lot of the, a lot of our players for the right price. Mm. They're, they're both in a very similar boat for me where I'm, I would be happy for them to have another year on the list if, if that was the right thing for us. And also, mm. I wouldn't shed too many tears if if we if they went for the right price as well. It's so mm. hard to know though what what the value is for them yeah. with such limited opportunities in the team. Um, mm. 
What do you think? Do you do you think? Well, firstly, do you think that their value is would be quite similar in the market? If anything, I think Dow's value weirdly might be higher. Isn't that even weird? Though I think Setterfield has played better, just because of yeah. I don't know. Maybe just because we haven't seen it as much, and he's a little bit younger, a little bit higher of a draft pick, but not by a lot. Slightly. I I feel like there's more perceived value. Uh, particularly from our fan base and maybe from others of surely we can unlock what Paddy Dow is where set of field, it'd be his third team. There's not much excitement around him where I think there slightly is with a Paddy Dow. So I think that maybe the value is a little bit different. I mean, I have Paddy Dow as like a third rounder at best. Yeah. Set of field. I don't know what you're getting for him. And it's honestly would probably be more of a, either stake knives in another trade deal or whether we even delisted him to get him to another club if someone else wanted him to like be a little bit nicer. I know clubs often do that if no yeah. one, if say, for instance, North Melbourne were going, we want Setterfield, but we're not trading for him and we're going, well, we don't really need him. It's probably better off we just cut ties and there you go. I know that does yeah. happen. Dow, I think, can get a little bit more value for, at least probably a third rounder if you haggle. But I'm not sure who takes him. And I'm not opposed to trading either of them if they think that that's going to be better for us. I just start to worry when I look at the depth chart, like who is actually coming in to replace them? If we target two youngsters in the draft that fit that position, perfect. What if we don't? What if we do something else with the draft and we pick a forward and who knows, a Ruckman or a key forward? Who knows what we go yeah. for? Who then plays midfield if there's an injury? That's what maybe worries me if we get rid of both. I think we need to keep at least one of them. Yeah, gosh, I would be so surprised if they got rid of both. Mm. Um, that seems quite unlikely. Ed Kernow as well. Like, I mean, if he... If he announced that he was retiring, um, that might sway me even more to be like, well, if if there isn't going to be anyone else coming in out to the midfield through the trade period yeah. for agency, I'd be even more inclined probably to keep both of them. Mm. But it's really hard for me to split between the two of them. I agree with you that I feel like there is more value for Dow, but I probably lean towards keeping Setterfield if I had to keep just one. Yes. I agree. I think just versatility for Setterfield, and he showed more at the end of last season. So I'd, I'd rather give him one and capitalize on that little bit extra value you're probably going to get from a Paddy Dow. Is there anyone else on the list that you would... I'm not saying you want to trade them, but someone that you could potentially yeah. offer up as trade bait. You, maybe you want to utilize their value or, or use them in a, in a trade. Is there anyone else on the list you'd look at? The most feasible one for me, and I love him, but Zach Williams has has yeah. come up, yeah. and it's just an interesting one when you think about our halfback, medium size, small mm. defenders depth, and the the guys in that position. It's probably the one line where I look at and I go, well, if if we did, if he did go, I wouldn't be concerned about how that kind yes. of affects our structure. Mm. It depends mm. though what we'd be able to get for him. That's the interesting thing. He was on my list and it's not that I'd want to get rid of him, but it's it's obviously a salary cap that is 
surrounding him. Both of us were pretty happy with it when it went through. We went, we yep. need to get a player in. He's a good good footballer. It'll figure itself out. And almost now that other things are turning, Doherty's back in form. Sard's playing so well. We've unearthed Jordan Boyd in there as well. Feels like we've got that locked down. And if you – obviously, Jordan Boyd is not as good as Zach Williams, but you feel yep. like you can have him in there and utilize that extra cap space or potentially something you could bring in instead. If you were to put a pick on Zach Williams right now, oh. what do you think it would be? Oh, my God. Absolutely no idea. So what was it? Um, Taranto was 12 and 19 today. Hmm. He's not getting that much. The other thing is yeah. when he came in, and I'm not saying that it was a bad decision to bring him in, but when we were very excited about it, it was that he was going to be a, a running mid. It's yes. a bit different. That this that situation has changed where, and even over the past two years, we've been like, oh, well, maybe they'll give him a go there. It seems extremely unlikely that they would switch his position now. Mm. I think so. And the, the good thing when we brought him in was he was a free agent, so we weren't having to trade for him, which was good point. probably the plus of having to pay a bit more in the salary was, well, we didn't get rid of a draft pick for him. Now, like, I don't want to be harsh, but is it a second rounder? <sighs> is that his value? Because you're carrying a big, like, big salary that you'd be basically kind of dumping on someone else for a player that has missed a lot of games. He's been injury prone. There's talent in there. But would, it, like, I just don't think anyone else would really be looking to really take that risk right now. And so I think his yeah. value is probably he's probably worth more, at least maybe like two second rounders. But I feel like it's probably oh. like a second and maybe a third is what you'd probably get right now, which is why well, you probably keep it. If you take the salary situation out of it and you just asked me if I would rather have him or two second round picks, like here's oh. him as the player on the list, I would want him every day of the week. Yes, like I 100%. Uh, no question. But you're right, it get, when it gets a bit more nuanced, like that kind of thing. Mm. Like, is is he holding us back yeah. from other things? Well, if we had certainty on that, then maybe I could be a bit more ruthless. Yeah. It's like, is he stopping us from bringing in a Graham or a Grundy or looking to exactly. target, yeah, Hunter Clark kind of player that might offer a little bit more money? Then, yeah. yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens as the years progress. Obviously, he's someone that's on a longer deal whether a couple years down the line we look to salary dump because we're going, okay, we we yeah. can bring someone else in. Maybe there's a hot free agent that wants to come in and we go, okay, we've just got to make this decision right now. And I wouldn't want to see him go, but he's probably someone you could afford to if you had to. Um, do you have anyone else yeah. on your trade bait list? I don't know. I'm keen to hear yours. <clears throat> but the the one well, other thing what, I just want to say as well, for, just yep. before we wrapped up Williams, just because I have to say it. Again, he's kind of like McGovern. Like mm. if if this man just gets a good run of games yes. in a row without these weird injuries, like I was so happy with what he was mm. bringing us before this latest injury. But then it gets to months since we've seen him and I'm like, oh, well, you know, mm. um, you, you forget what he was doing at that stage. So yeah. anyway, who who else have you got? Well, I just want to say on that, like his Collingwood game was unreal as well. So you'd know that that's yes. 
at his best, that's what you're getting. And look, my guy on my list is so controversial, and I am not saying that we should trade him, but maybe oh, I kind no. of am. Tom DeConing. Don't, Holy don't shoot me. Shit. Don't shoot me because obviously, if this was the case, we need to bring Ruckman in because we would then have no one on the list. So this yes. is clearly one that means we're bringing in others. But right now, his value is pretty high. He's out of contract at the end of next season. I assume he's going to re-sign. He's got all this talent. But I'm looking at our list. And I'm looking at age profile. I'm looking at positions. And Ruck is a big issue for us currently. Can TDK fill this Ruck hole? Potentially. Has he shown yep. enough right now? No. Agree. Now he's still so young, so he clearly can improve. I just I don't know what he is because I thought he was this guy who can be is like your third forward pinch hit in the ruck, or he's that ruckman that can go forward. I hate seeing him in the forward line because he misses when he's ten meters out directly in front. Yeah, I have not seen forward craft enough from him. I feel like he gets lost when he's down there. Now, obviously, again. I like him. I think he can be a superstar of this game because of the things you see, because of his leap, athleticism, that game against Frio we saw this year. He stood up in a lot of games when we didn't have pit net. But if we could potentially bring in a younger Ruckman or get a draft pick to bring in a guy like an Isaac Keeler in the draft, who is this Mm -hmm. young Ruckman forward, unbelievably great sort of with ground level that's that little bit younger. So then you've got the really young Ruckman. You've got Pitonet as your kind of prime. And then you maybe look to bring in someone that's experienced. The age makes a bit more sense than having DeConing and Pitonet kind of so close to each other as you're, you're kind of trying to develop both of them at the same time. And not a lot of lists seem to have that as well. Like a lot of teams don't have similar age Ruckman competing mm. for the same position. Like, if you were able to bring those guys in, you know, best case scenario before this trade period began, obviously it's not going to happen. Goldstein in as the experience or someone like that, Pitonet, yep. and then you bring in, you draft the, the young Ruckman. Would that value of trading to Koning be worth what you could get for him and, and deal with the rest of the squad? Well, I think that's the most important thing that you mentioned. Like all of these guys have to have a price or else you're not mm. doing business properly. Yeah. And if a team like Geelong that would obviously want yeah. to pair him with his brother would pay an absolutely unreasonable mm. amount, mm. well, you would you would just it would yeah. be silly not to. Because it would be at least a first rounder, probably more. Like probably I think like it a would first have to be more, and, yeah. Probably be like a first and a second. Maybe we throw a third back. I was just you trying really to look at guys all? that probably more. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. I was just kind of looking at the at list and saying who has the potential for being high priced on the market now that we could potentially live without. And I think he was the only one that I went. I'm just not convinced with him so far. So obviously, so young. He's so young and can completely make me look like an idiot for even suggesting getting rid of him because we've seen little glimpses. But if you could sort out replacements, 
I don't think it's the worst thing to maximize value. Um, I just thought it'd be an interesting yeah. one to, to discuss because I haven't seen a lot of people yeah. talk about it. No, I think it's I think it's a good thing to mention. And that's the funny thing as I go through the names, there's a lot. No one really fits that mold where it's like, no, they're either way too good and embedded in our system that I would never want to part with them, mm. or it's kind of like, well, what, like what, what are we going to get for like Jack yeah. Martin or Honey? Yes, like, players like that. It's like they're they're not at their prime. That we wouldn't, mm. it wouldn't be good business to to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Like he wasn't in our best twenty-two at the end of the season. Everyone fit in that sort of position. True. So that was that was my kind of reasoning is I wonder what you could get for him and I wonder if you could make it work because I feel like what you'd get in for him would be potentially worth it if you could get other stuff happening. But obviously, yep. there's probably not those other guys out there available to bring in to cover him at this stage. So it's an interesting one. But let me know what you think of me <laughs> throwing Deconing to the Wolves, trying to get Roast a him. couple of extra draft picks. I know a lot of people probably won't agree with even discussing him. Uh, but I thought it would be a quite an interesting one to put out there. So let's get into the fun stuff. This is your moves as the list manager. We're putting our Nick Austin oh, hats on here because to recap a little bit from our last episode, we talked about the positions of need. Those were clearly the wing was the biggest issue. We both talked about some ruck depth. We mentioned key forward and key defender depth. Um, and then there was also a bit of discussion around whether it was sort of like a medium-sized goal-kicking forward or adding a bit of pace into the team. Maybe it's sort of that high-half forward, midfielder pinch hitting. Those are really the sort of list needs, I believe. And there was sort of a couple of questions coming in, people asking like, what do we need? Who do we target? This is where we're going to address all of that. So mm. on top of this, we'll also... <laughs> most likely have a end of third round draft pick com- compo from Thanks, Liam Jones joining, joining the Western Bulldogs, which what I believe it'll be will be pick 48, which is one pick after our third rounder. However, our third round pick is currently in Geelong's possession. So we don't have it, but I've seen this happen with other teams. I believe Port, they didn't have that pick but they still got it the one after what their pick would be. So at this stage, mm. pick 48 is composition. Put it in. What are you looking at, Lockie? What are your moves? I don't think you're going to like it because we've just spent an hour going through all the potentials that are out there. And maybe you see where I'm going with this. Here we go. I actually really like how Austin's been talking about things because we have been such an active player in recent years. Yeah. And I am really happy with us genuinely using our picks this year and bringing in some of the younger talent. And you know who that talent could be far more than I yes. because you're far more of an aficionado oh. on drafts. Thank you. But none of those players that we've gone through, aside from Grundy, I think actually genuinely move the dial for us as a team. And that would be a massive change to happen. So it doesn't, uh, and if it meant bringing in one of those guys and needing to ax Setterfield, for instance, Hmm. it doesn't get me pumped. That's fair. 
is there is there anyone that I guess hasn't maybe been linked to us that you maybe see as oh. gettable or maybe they're not gettable? Maybe we go down the typewriter path of the type, <laughs> not necessarily that player that you think yeah. that we should be targeting that currently we're not? Because I do agree with you. It's about time we do target the draft and bring in some good youngsters because as much as we are young and inexperienced, you look at our last few drafts and apart from Sam Walsh and Dirt and a Motlop, which obviously is quite yeah. a few, but you've got Carroll hasn't done much, Kemp, Philp, Stocker. There's a bit of a ba- sort of batch of players there that really haven't gone on just yet. A few, maybe Stocker leaving us. I feel like we do need to target some youth to come through, particularly through this midfield to offer something. Um, But is there anyone out there that you think you would have liked us to target that maybe we haven't even mentioned? I mean, I I probably don't have a name. If I typewrited it, it would be that tall, versatile player. And it would be like, I guess it is kind of Levi Casbolt in the sense that he has played, he can play right forward. And back. Yeah. And that's kind of <clears throat> apologies. That's kind of that's kind of what Radigalia is a bit. Mm. But he just kind of doesn't excite me as much as maybe someone yeah. a bit more experienced in a position like that would. So you probably mm. have a name of a player like that. God don't let it be Levi. Um, but I guess that would be the thing for me. Because it's like if we don't mm. have a player like that going into next season, then it's the same concern we had 12 months ago. Yeah. But if, if that came through the draft, I wouldn't be super discouraged. Yeah. I honestly haven't been able to find someone <laughs> that can fit through that. Like looking at yeah. some tall defenders, it's Fisher McAsee, maybe Joel Hamling from Frio. That doesn't excite me. Wow. Like the one that made sense was maybe a Griffin Logue that can go forward and back. But he's not getting yeah. in our best 22, and so it makes sense that he doesn't want to go to us. He'll go to a north. Looking in the forward line, Gunston would have been an interesting one, but he's obviously wants to start, and he's going to be starting for Brisbane. Look at more depth options. Josh Corbett that I mentioned, Burgess from Gold Coast that's played a bit of ruck. Again, not of a standard like a Radigalia that I think we're looking for. And then, like, who are your rucks? Who can is there anyone that can ruck and go forward? Not really. Mm. So I, I'm just not sure where that big tall is coming from. Oh, mate, it would have been beautiful, but obviously, <laughs> yeah, we're just nowhere near that yeah. one. Is do you have any other names that you'd like to throw around at all, or are you just simply happy with Blake Acres and attack the draft? It's just so funny because, like I said, every other year I'm so hot on this and so hot on thinking about how different our team could look. It's just, it's just, it just isn't there for me this year. Mm. And if if we end up with acres and using our picks for a bunch of guys that we see are not players that we expect to be there round one, but we're keen to develop, mm. I think that's a really healthy stage for us as a club. Mm. I agree. I don't think it's a bad thing for us to only bring in Blake Acres. He's a guy that I think we need to touch on him now. It looks like he's going to be yep. for a future third round pick, which. Absolute bargain. I thought it was going to have to be a second round, knowing that Fremantle mm. have been hard to deal with a little bit in the past. Future third is perfect value. It's not going to be on any money. I don't want us to get ahead of ourselves thinking we're bringing in 
the greatest wingman of all time. Oh. It's going to be his third club. He's he's really like an upgrade on Jack Nunes. Like he's better than Jack Nunes. He was close to all Australian if they Agreed. picked a winger properly this year. It's probably the first year though that he's had that consistency, got his body right. He's had some soft tissue injuries. There's a story that he's said on, I think, Will Schofield's podcast of him. He doesn't do the warm-up anymore. He sat in the rooms with David Mundy, and he found that got the best out of his body because he wasn't doing those Ks just walking around and jogging before the game, which slightly worries me a little bit. But if he's managed his body right and gets the best out of himself, he's an upgrade on what we have. Good depth player. The idea is that yes. someone takes over him in the next two to three years, I would imagine, or worst case, he's in, still in our best 22. He's an upgrade of Nunes, and he's going to be a solid player for us. Perfect. We're not giving up much for him. That's yep. fine business because I think we can both agree there's not that many needs for us, really. Like, we've got, what, four All-Australians, a couple that are in contention for All-Australian. We've got the Colin yep. medalist, the Brownlow medalist, there is enough to play with in this squad mm-hmm. so far. It's just those little things that we need and we need them all to gel together and they need another preseason. They need the system, all those tiny little things together. Yeah. So yeah, I, I totally understand that. I've still tried to find a couple of players to make oh, some and we deals love it. with because why not? It's it. always a little bit of fun and I'll throw some names at you that I haven't already because they have not been linked at all. Um, because my moves, there is one thing that I'd be doing right now, and I will I will tell you all about it. So what I'd be looking to do is obviously Blake Akers, bang, straight in for your future third. Bang. I'd then also be, I think value is probably a, a future second rounder in this one because I'm happy to get rid of future picks. You can always bring them back in. Or maybe this is your Paddy Dow pick. Maybe this is Paddy Dow almost straight swap. I'm looking for a future second rounder to bring in from Geelong, Sam Menegola. <laughs> what do you think about this? He's a player of experience. Yes. He plays the wing, can pinch hit in the midfield. He's had a couple of injury issues this season, but he's been yeah. out of their best 22. I don't think he's in their best 22 moving forward. Hmm. I think he's gettable. I think he's only, I think if my memory serves me correctly, he's only got like a year or so left on his deal. I'd have to double check that. Feel free to fact check me right now, but his contract isn't long. I don't think he'd be on ridiculous money. If all this talk about Geelong managing their cap amazingly is true. (laughs) He would get, he would play. He's a walk up starter in this team. He's not in Geelong. I think Uh. if you really went hard at him and said, Mate, you're going to start. You're going to be. We're looking to win a premiership in the next three years. You're the starting wingman, building that experience. Get Cookie over to his house. They know (laughs) each other. He's going to bring him over. Get Salwood in the bloody coach's box. He'll bring him over. I just think that this is the kind of player that hasn't been mentioned that weirdly feels gettable. It doesn't seem like a pipe dream. Because he's not best 22. And I don't know. I don't think he's worth too much on the trade table. Second rounder, give it to me mm. every single day. What do you think of bringing in Menegola? Oh, well said, mate. You better be clipping this and making sure it's <laughs> ready for a very swift swift upload so that you were the first. Someone get on the phone. 
please, Nick Austin, right now. Has Nick has Nick thought about this? Someone tweet him. Tweet his wife. I've seen she's up and about on Twitter. Someone do it. I like it all, mate. I don't. I I don't see any flaws in that logic mm. whatsoever. Mm. Bring Eddie Bex, Eddie Betts back with you <laughs> while we're at it. I know. Bring over Stengel too. Gee, that would have been. Sure. Gee, that would have been nice. Yeah. But that that, that yeah. sounds good, mate. Totally. But yeah, I just I just thought there was a need there, and he's because I was trying to go through every single list and going who's an experienced player that would be available that's still decent. He was really the only one. Oh yeah. Apart from him, like, because I know a lot of talk was around Luke Bruce as that forward general to lead the troops, and obviously he has re-signed, and you cannot get him now. He would have been perfect. I'll throw one name at you. I'm not sure he's gettable. Not sure he's even best 22 for us. But someone that could be that that's kind of been around for a little bit. I, I don't necessarily want him myself, but what about Mitch Wallace as a... <laughs> a bit more of a leader of that forward oh. line to come in and pinch hit. Wowee. I wouldn't have thought he's best 22, would you? No, I wouldn't. And I, I think these ties, at, um, the dogs are too strong to get mm. him to have the same mentor role with us. But yeah. he was, again, the only other person I could see as being that, like, has a bit of experience with him, really. Um, but I much yeah. prefer the Menangola shout, I'll be honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that one. What about uh, – I'm trying to think back to, oh, who were we so keen on last year? Like, who were the names? Because we had so many players last year. Remember Jared Brander? Remember how keen we were? I remember bringing him up. I remember bringing him up. He's Well, he's been delisted, I believe. So, if you really want oh, him, really? you can offer him like a seventh lifeline. Um, wow. So, that'll be interesting. Oh, funny. But all of this, because the only other move I'd maybe try to do, and I don't even know if this is possible, but I'm looking at, can we trade up a couple of picks? I know we already maybe have this third round pick. Can we, because we don't have a third round pick apart from this, like our fourth round picks, are we using those? Who are you getting at pick 63 and 65, really? And is Melbourne for instance, really going to want to pick someone up at pick 51. Can you package up 63 and 65 and get 51? It's mm. 202 points from what we're giving to 259. So maybe you've got to put something else in, but can you start to dangle these two fourth round picks to maybe to a team that actually needs points or something like that mm. and try to get a little bit up closer towards that pick 50 and then maybe even try to package up those third round picks as a second rounder. Like I'm trying to be a bit sneaky here and yeah, move up like this it. draft board because you know I've been following the draft quite a bit and maybe want to move up a little bit. So I'm not opposed to, do we get this pick for Paddy Dow? Is that a third rounder? Getting those two and moving up and getting a second, second rounder. I feel like those are the kind of things I'd like to see us do that'll excite me as it looks like we're not really going to be super active bringing in players at this stage. Well, that's the thing that seems way more likely. I mean, like you say, yeah. I, I definitely could see um, something like that happening. You feel like Nick wants to doesn't want to just sit on his hands for the whole time. So I, yeah. I, I would love something like that because I agree. Mm. What what What's really the purpose for us at the end of the day of those? Mm. Mm. And, and I guess the last thing is looking at 
the list. There's one big glaring hole that we haven't addressed. We kind of chatted a little bit about it. Haven't mm-hmm. been able to find one so far. Can we afford to go into the season again without a third recognized Ruckman or capable Ruckman on our list? I tell you what, Alex Murkov is that bloody tall. Seeing him in person up, up close on Friday night. My word. But no, probably not. Mm. So, <laughs> because we haven't looked to really target anyone, is there anyone you think we can go for? Anyone out there that you'd be looking to throw a little bit of a nibble at? I know. I agree with you. I, I don't think I don't <laughs> think we can do it again. We've spoken about it for years that we need it's someone so else stressful. in there. So who is it? Because we can't surely go in again with just Pitt, TDK, Murkov, who we keep saying is not ready, and expecting JSOS to be that extra ruckman if everyone's injured. It just feels like it, we've been really fortunate that they haven't kind of been injured at the same time. And so it definitely is a worry if not. So, I mean, like I said, that's why that kind of versatile someone that can be the Ruckman and also Mm. play your other key positions is a good thing for me. Yeah. I don't know who that is, but if you've Mm. got a Ruckman that you're already on the tip of your tongue, then I'm excited for us to clip it. I've got one that I think is gettable. And it's because he currently plays for Port Adelaide and he's down the pecking order. And huh. when Scott Lysette went down, they didn't even go for him. And it's weird because I kind of do rate this player. And that is Sam Hayes from Port Adelaide. I don't know if you know too much about him. I think he's about 23 or 24. He's kind of around that. He's a similar age of the kind of guys we have. So he's maybe not the Uh perfect player, but he surely wouldn't be worth a lot knowing that he's such down their depth order. Like they were playing Finn Lason in the ruck over this guy for whatever Uh reason. They've brought in Bryn Teekle that we spoke about in the mid-season of this season. So he's down the pecking order. And I reckon you could get him for a fourth round pick. Hal, send him bloody pick 63. Give him pick 65 as well if they want. I could not care less about these picks. I tell you... Who are you getting? Watch it. Watch this happen. We get the greatest football that's ever happened, ever played oh the game God. from one of these picks that I've spoken so harshly about. But why not aim for a guy that even if he's no good and we get him for one or two years, I think he's of AFL caliber and can play at this level. He's really that only one I'm really looking at going. I think he's gettable for not much. Why not throw something at him? I like it, mate. 205 centimetres. Big boy. You love that. Get him across. Mm. Yeah, 23, actually. So he's a little bit younger than I maybe thought, but it's really, it's like him or what? Do you throw something again at like a Steph Martin? I know he's like 80 years old. Body's done as your veteran, but again, he's probably the number one behind... Um, English there, where he'd be our third here. So again, he's probably not taking it. But like, there's just there is genuinely. If you are listening to this, find me a veteran ruckman that we can bring in because I've tried so hard, and it's like I'm at the point where I'm trying to bring 
Paddy Ryder out of retirement to, to get someone into this team because there's just no one available. Todd Goldstein was perfect, but he has chosen to re-sign for whatever reason. I don't know if there's much in between those ears of his because why you'd want to stay at North Melbourne, I, I could not tell you. And not to get like so deep into this because we have in other episodes as well, but if you're talking about Ruckman, you say like he would be the third string. Yeah. Are you are you going into round one next season with Pitt, TDK, Kono, and Harry all on the team? Because no. if the answer is no, then that doesn't even mean he's the first one to come in when there's an injury. Yeah. Like whoever this Ruckman is, mm. if they're below these two, they're mm. deep. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing trying to find someone. But like as, as dumb as it is, I'm looking at like an Andy Phillips that we got rid of. <laughs> Someone of his ilk that, worst case, if everything goes to shit and you have to bring him in, it's not the end of the world. It's not, holy shit, Jack Silvani's rucking by himself or we're bringing Lewis Young in and we have no key defender now because we've got no ruckman and, oh, God, Paddy Cripps is in the ruck again. Like We've (laughs) spoken about this at length this season about how bad this was and it looks like we're not addressing it for another year. That worries me how we have not, because these guys are obviously a lot smarter than us too at finding talent Correct. and finding these players. They It's their job to do this. We're doing this in our spare time and I've maybe found Sam Hayes. Surely <laughs> they've got someone in the AFL or in the Sandfall somewhere in Australia, you'd hope, of a depth option that we can bring in that is better at the moment than an Alex Murkov. Or maybe they well, that, think Alex Murkov is ready. I don't know, but we need someone just, because I, we just can't do it again. And that's probably my only bad bit about this trade period. If we again don't address anything to do with the ruck, when we're talking about at the end of the draft as well, I'm going to be very yeah. nervous for that position going forward. It'll really be the only weak link in this squad. You took the point straight out of my mouth. I was just going to say that exact thing. Maybe they think Murkov's number one Ruckman round one next year. Who knows? (laughs) But um, yeah, we'll see. I'm excited for us to reflect on the trade period and maybe we've brought in six guys or maybe it's just one. Yeah, you always wonder when you listen to Nick Austin and he's like, yep, that's all the business that we have to do. uh, This thing, we're not doing anything else. All of a sudden, bang, it gets... Who knows? One of the big dogs out there that you never thought was going to go. Because actually, I'll leave you with one last player that I was going to touch on because he fits somewhat of a need of this high half forward, can pinch hit in the midfield, maybe score a few goals that I was going to throw out there as a potential player to bring in. But I almost just wasn't going to talk about him. And then today, there has been murmurs that he may request a trade out of North Melbourne. And he was already on my list. Is Taran Thomas. Oh, Horn Francis, I thought you were going to say. <laughs> Let's bring him over for a South Australian <laughs> team. Trick him. <laughs> yeah, old TT. Because he had a big year last year, struggled a bit this year, had some injury issues. Ticks a box. I, I honestly think that his salary and what we'd have to give up would probably be way too much for what he is. But he was a player I highlighted as if I'm doing a typewriter of what I kind of hmm. want out of that, what I think David Cunningham could potentially be to an extent. Yeah, He was that player that I thought was a little bit gettable. Uh, 
I'm just mm. interested to know your thoughts if you think he's someone that now that he may yeah. be available, that you think we'd maybe have a, a bit of a bite at, a little bit of a nibble. Yeah, I, I, I can't see it happening, but I'd be interested yeah. in us having a nibble. Yes, I it agree. doesn't feel it. Just it doesn't feel. It just doesn't feel no. like it would happen. No. But yeah. but give me nibble. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. Who knows what will happen in this trade period? But this one's been a bit of a long one. And the reason was because we, love it. we wanted to cover every single player in this AFL and let you know our thoughts on them. <laughs> because unless something unless, unless something massive happens and we get a player that we did not expect, we probably won't be back until the end of this trade period to recap everything that's happened. So we had to do it. We had to go big. And let me know, is Menangola someone we should target? Is there anyone out there that you guys have found that no one's linked us to? Or is there a player that has been linked to another team that you want us to go for? I want these comments section and I want our, our notifications on all social medias <laughs> at Navy Blue Corner to be filled with everyone putting their Nick Austin hats on and giving us their exact trade plans. I want to see what you're giving up. I want to see who you're bringing in. I want to see some crazy mega trades that they throw out on trade radio. I want to see 10 team trades. Put everything in our inbox. Please, I want to see it. Comment it below. Like and subscribe. We will be back in a couple of weeks' time. See you guys then.